Ubisoft, there's a really clear cut answer to how to save your gaming division. And it is by making this game that I have come up with <laughs> featuring one of the best characters of all time, Sam Fisher <laughs> from Splinter wow. Cell. There needs to be a Splinter Cell Battle Royale. Here is where it gets interesting. Instead of there being like survive the circle, it, it would be 99 agents that drop in Sam's along with one everyone. Sam Fisher. But this one person's idea is that they are trying to be the untrackable person going around this island or this place that they drop in. And the other 99 agents are trying to hunt down and kill Sam Fisher. And whoever kills him, that's who is the winner of the battle royale hmm. <laughs> I, I am like so confused Question. on anthony's face because i've either come up with the perfect idea or he thinks i'm the stupidest person in the world <laughs> is it gonna are you gonna box product market it or are you gonna live service it oh that's a live service okay it's hey, free to play plan? it's free to play with uh cool what's expansions yeah and content plan of course microtransactions Okay. So, okay. You got to have cool skins for all the the seekers, and you know you got to have like the different. You got to have an Assassin's Creed costume for Sam, and <laughs> if you want to get really nuts, like imagine like rabid Sam comes at you and just oh. all of a sudden like <laughs> like <laughs> just like rabid <laughs> just the real the real slow like the the the, the, the silence pistol. Pew, pew, pew. I don't know how many things David hears randomly and thinks Battle Royale. Welcome to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of GamingTrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton and I am joined by David Burdett. Hello there. And Noah Rigsby. Hey, hi, how are you? In this podcast, we talk about the biggest games of the week, games in our backlog we should have played a long time ago, and what you need to play. But we still don't have a ton of games to talk about yet because it's very early in the year. But we do <laughs> have a lot of news stories to discuss. So yeah. we'll do that. We'll also talk about three indie games we're looking forward to in 2023. You don't want to forget about the indies. Those matter too. So there's some pretty beefy news stories to discuss. So we're going to start with that. David, would you like to lead us in that? Certainly. Let me go ahead and get over here to our news stories real fast. Yeah. The first one is one that's a little bit old just because we were going to get to it last week, but man, we got carried away talking about some fun stuff. Uh, Naughty Dog's next game is going to be structured more like a TV show is the way that Neil Druckmann has talked about it, um, that there's been a lot of discussion regarding the curse of video game adaptions, and hopefully, you know, this new Last of Us series is going to put that to bed because, you know, we've, we've still got some really good adaptions. The Sonic movies have been good and whatnot, but Druckmann, he's saying the next project that they're working on, they're looking to structure it more like a TV show than anything that they have made before and that he has already been assembling an entire writer's room for the project. So 
I guess the real question is, is, you know, who is this for? <laughs> uh, and what's the point of it? But at the same point, The Last of Us itself is kind of TV show, the first game. Like, it, it's not necessarily, I'm not saying it is a TV show, but like, structured like a TV show, if there's anything that's already kind of has a little bit of that structure, it's PlayStation first party. So, what do y'all think? Well, I don't think it's The Last of Us. It's an unannounced game. So, oh, yeah. Oh, we I don't agree have to worry with that. about that. Mm-hmm. But what's the point? That's my question. Like, we, we did this with Telltale Games, those were episodic. At first, it was, oh, this is interesting. The idea of you play a level, there's a cliffhanger, and you want to play a little bit more, you'll get it the next week or whenever it's finished. And it was cool. And then we would get the whole season put together. Those would be sold together. And then once Telltale went away, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. Why did we do that? What was the point of all that? We could just either play the whole package together and enjoy it, binge it basically or we could just you know do what we've been doing with video games and just make the whole thing and we just play the whole thing so when neil Druckmann talks about we're gonna set this up with a tv structure the only thing i can think of is episodic and i don't see the point in doing that it's not going to push games forward it's not going to push the industry forward it's not going to bring in players who don't play games that often it's not going to attract them to play it so what's the point the only thing i can think of is perhaps they they are trying to get a different audience who probably doesn't play games as much and they plan on putting it on a netflix or an amazon since both of those companies have demonstrated and have shown and do have interest in video games So we know Netflix is putting video games on their platform. Amazon has obviously shown interest. They publish now. So maybe they want to go with a similar route with Netflix. And so something familiar is TV. That's what other people who don't play games recognize. Here's something you could play maybe in 30 minutes and be done with it for the night. You could wait for the next one if you're interested. That's about the only thing I can think of. Other than that, I just feel like this is what Sony does. This is their bag. This is what they're comfortable with. They do movies, they do TVs, and they're they're good at selling TVs, TV shows is what I mean. And they're good at selling TVs as well. So this all fits right into that part of Sony. So it makes sense to go with the person uh, or the team that has done probably the most cinematic-ish video games and Naughty Dog. I don't know if Neil Druckmann approached Sony with this or Sony approached Naughty Dog with this and was like, hey, can you do this? Either way, I don't think it's going to work. I don't know what the point is. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. I am a big proponent of if it isn't broke, don't fix it. They have a good formula uh, with their titles. I, I don't know. It'd have to be a new IP. There, there's nothing pre-existing, you know, in their universe of games uh, that would work. It'd have to be something new. I, I don't know pacing-wise how you would do it if you didn't do it episodically. You know, um, are you going to have? If you don't, are you just going to have your first game set up to be like season one, 
where you just set up the world and the characters and you don't really get into the heart of the story yet. Um, is it a mobile game? You know, is that how they're going to, you know, tied into these other streaming services where it's almost like interactive? Um, I, I don't know. I, I need context <laughs> and I would like to know yeah. more information. It's kind of, you know, it's hard to figure out. I feel like we only see half of their idea and without knowing the other half about their implementation, I, it's just, you know, it could be one of those things where they tell us, you know, the final piece of the puzzle and then, oh, it clicks and you're like, Hey, that can work. But until, you know, we get more info, it's, it's, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I like what they're doing with their titles already. I think they're well-paced and well-marketed uh, to, you know, non-hardcore gamers, but also casuals. Um, <laughs> so, especially with them, you know, branching out their branding, you know, with the Last of Us TV show and stuff like that, it's... I just need more info. <laughs> I need more well, here, context. Here's the thing. You don't even have half of an idea here. You have maybe a crumb off the piece of bread that is the idea. Uh, that's that's one sentence. So we really have no idea. I, I agree. It doesn't need to be episodic if it is the kind of game that we think it is, like a telltale game. Now, I've got a couple of thoughts on it. One of them actually kind of popped up as you were talking about some of it. Uh, but the, the first thought is structured as a TV show could just mean the story is that way. So, for instance, the best uh, way that I can kind of relate that is Alan Wake. When you play Alan Wake, it actually introduces each chapter as last week on Alan Wake or last time on Alan Wake. And it's literally almost like you're experiencing this as a almost a show what you're actually going through with, with each of the chapters. Uh, the other way, obviously, they construct this life TV is another remedy thing. Quantum break. Does anybody remember quantum break where you would yep, play the game, them. you would make decisions and then it would play a TV episode that was <laughs> literally <laughs> part of like whatever the decision like it would alter something slightly. So it's I, I wouldn't put it past Neil Druckmann to do something like that just because I get the feeling he would love to take some of these big name actors and put them in his game, especially after a certain uh, studio over in Santa Monica had some really good, some really did really well with having some pretty big names in, in their projects. <laughs> uh, it, it could just be the way that they're shooting it with the one shot idea, because that is a little similar, very similar to a, a TV show to a degree where it's just following that character the whole time. So that's one side of it. The other side is Sony keeps talking about live service games. You could always structure a game as a live service game that way. Like we're, we've not been thinking about it in those terms of maybe you, it, there is like a single player narrative behind something like for instance almost like a destiny so to speak where you're you're playing through this there's other things you can do in the world but you're still waiting for that next episode and same maybe thing, they would then. be playing it, it's the same idea but it's it's not telltale so to speak it, yeah. in the sense of where you're oh i played it now i'm waiting for the next thing it's okay well i've got to go and just 
I can go and do other things while I wait for the next episode of content, but maybe speed speed up the content somehow, as opposed to with Destiny, the you're only getting big chunks every year, whereas this would be kind of a quicker kind of thing. But I, I would imagine live service may have something to do with this, and it could even be with factions. I'm not saying that it, I would assume this it isn't, but I've heard some very ambitious things about factions is that they are trying to find a way to incorporate a narrative into this multiplayer game. So even if it's not factions too, maybe they're looking at what they've been doing in factions too. It's like, this is going to change the medium of multiplayer where it's a lot more narrative based and maybe they're looking at that saying hey this is a good blueprint to how we move forward with our next project which is a live service project so just yeah, that, just an idea on that i mean you bring up a good point like destiny has kind of converted they've almost perfected um the you know episodically uh, occurring events in their battle pass granted it's kind of gotten stale you know, with the content cycle of it, but they've done really well where each week, you know, you get a little bit of dialogue. You might get like a small cutscene, but that at least progresses the story a little bit. Granted, it is, it does feel heavily time gated because it kind of is, um, which may or may not be good depending on the player. But yeah, you've got a good idea where, you know, your battle pass could be like season one and then season two, but each week, you know, there's a little bit of story that gets progress each week. And so if, I mean, if they structure it like that and they write it well, which I mean, that's naughty dog. <laughs> uh, and they could, they could make it work. I could just see them trying to go, get ambitious with that as their whole TV structure kind of idea. What's, that, but what's the point? Why do that? That's that's the whole thing. Why, why do that? Destiny has a Bungie has a reasoning that because they are actually gating stuff are each week. They, it is it, it acts as prep time for them for extra content later. And so they don't give it all at one time because they are working on and making sure everything else is good for the next week. So there's actual reason, logistics behind the way yeah. they have structured their seasons. For Naughty Dog to be like, hey, we're going to do that. For what? Like, you guys aren't Destiny. You don't have a Destiny-like game. There's no point. So why? But if that's what they're building. anything? Or what? If that's the, what you're the, building, if if you're building a live service game, that's that's for, why you're trying okay, to do the it. live service part. Why are you gating anything? Why engagement? What's the point? Get people to come back next week. They they're already there if they're playing. Keep them. Like, yeah, but you want to keep you want to keep drawing people back in if you've got like some sort of mystery that you're building or whatnot. You continue. You ensure that they're coming back each week. So what are you doing in the meantime? Oh, you still got to find a way to engage them anyway. But like Noah said, it can get stale if you don't have anything new to do every week or right. every it, month or whatnot. I think it depends on the game that they're going to do. Yeah, and, and that's part a big part of it. Yeah. Um, right, but this, if, they're doing a multiplayer game. This is the first multiplayer they game they're doing in a very long time. Naughty, Naughty Dog has solidified themselves as we're a cinematic video game studio. That's what they are. They're doing this multiplayer thing because number one, The Last of Us multiplayer was actually very good. So Uncharted I'm glad they are doing something. The, the Uncharted yeah. ones were really good as well. So The Last of Us was unique though. That that was 
that was very good. So I'm glad they are doing something multiplayer wise with The Last of Us. However, still, that's not their identity. That's not what Naughty Dog does. And so it's not what we consider the identity now. uh, To put more resources out with a multiplayer game that's essentially going to be a live service and then to have another live service on top of that and then they're still going to try to make these cinematic experiences because that's the stuff that's making them the bank we know that that's what people want that's a lot of resources dedicated to that i don't see i'm not saying naughty dog is a small studio i just don't see them having that much resources to be able to continually do something like that with a live service it totally makes sense for them to go more for something that is telltale ish which is why i just wonder what would be the point well this is incomplete pre -pre whatever this is is we would guess it's probably pre-production stage if you're assembling a team of writers for it so the idea would be that it's either coming later or they're going to be staffing up heavily for this so that that's that's really the that's really where that goes but i mean gorilla we never thought they'd make a great open world game a great open world uh action game uh they were only pretty fps shooters so you know the naughty dog i wouldn't put it past them to make a ridiculous live service game that reinvents how we look at live service if even with something episodic but i get i definitely get your points of like why change what isn't working why why walk away from stuff that you're doing really well but my, my guess is we're getting factions, too. They're working on whatever Last of Us 3 is, and then this new IP is probably what's on their minds right now. Yeah, as long as it doesn't, you know, deter from, you know, Wolverine. It's about, you know, all the... the <laughs> well, that's the, Insomniac, the so that's fine. <laughs> I just mean, like, the storyline-wise, like, the yeah. main storyline games that they've established in their universes and stuff as long as that doesn't get compromised for them doing something new, I'm, let's see what they can do. I think the good thing is two, a lot of these, there will be a compromise. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the good thing is, is a lot of these studios are starting to expand into multiple teams. We're not seeing Sony teams. We're not, we're not seeing like brand new studios. We're seeing multiple teams inside of studios. So if they can continue to hire and expand, then that's fine. It, you you yeah. learn how to add experiences rather than subtract from what's working. And and of course, the good thing is is with people from Bungie on board, you they're a big studio. You can take from their knowledge and and borrow some people and stuff to to help you with these experiences. All right. What's next? Next is redfall and it recently came out from the game director i believe i don't know if it's the creative director or whatnot but said that redfall is not left for dead which i think a lot of us were thinking redfall was was like oh this is just another co-op uh run in shoot the things get out alive kind of thing no this is actually going to play more like far cry than it does Left for Dead or Back for Blood, which is, I'll be completely honest, for me, I was immediately more interested in this game that way because 
we just we just got done talking about Naughty Dog and their proclivities to storylines and, and making these cinematic things. Arcane is phenomenal at building worlds, at building these these things you want to live in, and they're they have some brilliant narratives out there. The Dishonored games are, are fantastic. Deathloop had a really cool narrative behind it. Uh, they they've just Arcane knows what they're doing in those spaces. So it's best to get something out of them that is going to push us more to narrative, to things like that, while also allowing them to dip themselves into this online hub of having four-player co-op, getting getting more into the some of the online kind of things. I'm, I'm interested to see if there is going to be a little bit more live service to this one since it is focused on co-op. But yeah, Far Cry. Like, I'm I'm actually a lot more interested in this because of being able to run around and chase stories and stuff like that. Yeah, I. This might be a hot take, or I might just be an idiot. I never once got the inclination that it was going to be like Left 4 Dead. Um, <laughs> really, the entire videos. Yeah, I because I went back through and I. Um, when this story dropped, I went through and like, I watched the different trailers to be like, maybe I just missed something, you know? <laughs> and like the official trailer for the game, like two seconds in, in big, bold red letters. Let me see exactly. I've got a, the exact um, statement. It says, welcome to Redfall, an open world story driven shooter. And I was like, I don't know how somebody could see that and instantly go, you know, left for, left for dead. Um, I guess we just all keyed in on four player co-op and it's against vampires. I so. that. <laughs> like I, and which, you know, like I said, I've been in, you know, around video games. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm guessing from like a more casual person, you know, they might put the two and two or might see the similarities, but I, they could have not said anything about like hey this is going to be more like far cry and it would not have surprised like never would have crossed my mind uh but i'm definitely more i mean i was excited for it but the the central like city town also like redfall that's akin to far cry games generally they have one area um so but the co-ops looks fun i i'm excited for it I, I I thought it was I don't remember the trailer saying in I don't remember hearing shoot. open world. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. So uh okay. I I missed that, but <laughs> I thought maybe I missed something, so I like went back and rewatched all of I, I, I will uh, take the fact that I was driving to Florida with no service and had it playing on a cell phone for E the Microsoft E three. <laughs> so I'll blame that. <laughs> I might have just looked away from the computer for the two seconds it was on there. I, yeah, I literally do not remember seeing that on the screen. Yeah. If if that were the case, I would have realized, yes, this is okay. This is not Left 4 Dead because Left 4 Dead is not open world, obviously. Um, but the, the fact that so many people came away with it still feeling like, man, this just looks like Left 4 Dead. I feel like... Okay, if it's supposed to be like Far Cry, why didn't it look more like Far Cry? 
in that in that the, sense. The advertising of it being more, hey, look it, look it's Far Cry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not saying they needed to explicitly say, hey, yeah. this is Far Cry, but it needed to look like similar to what you would do in Far Cry. And it just looked like you were running through corridors and shooting or running through sections of levels and shooting stuff. And to me, it gets me concerned. I I don't know if marketing knew how to actually market this thing because I'm not sure Bethesda knows what this thing is yet. That's, that's my hot take. And I'm not trying to have a hot take. But when I see confusing <laughs> marketing... That kind of tells me, I'm not sure y'all know what to do with this, so y'all make this nice-looking trailer. I'm still interested in it, and even if it was a Left 4 Dead, like I'd still be interested in it. But the fact to come back and be like, yo, nah, guys, sorry, this is it's actually more like Far Cry. Oh. So then you go back, and it's like, this, this looks like Far Cry. This doesn't look like Far Cry. Why didn't you lead with this? Right. <laughs> well, or, like, what, what do most of the Far Cry games market first? They're big bad. You know? Sure. And I, I didn't see that. Um, but I, I don't know if they wanted to be a clone at that point. No, um, yeah. I think I think they're talking yeah. about structurally. Structurally. The, Far Cry. I don't know. From what i saw enemy density 2 didn't seem nearly as crazy as some of the left and maybe that's why i didn't think so sure that's because enemies were pretty spaced out like you know i think left for that i think of hordes you know on this yeah. they were kind of scattered out but from the sliver of gameplay that we've seen of this yeah, world yeah. so well and that's probably the biggest problem right there is we've not seen a lot of redfall there's only so much to go off of so when you've only got so much to go off of, then you're gonna make assumptions based on the information you have. And we know the characters and the city. When like I hear four-player co-op, four of them are di have different abilities, and they're going up against vampires, which is you know, un the the sexy undead, I guess you could put it. Um, <laughs> Can I quote then, uh, <laughs> right there. Well, that's going in the intro. <laughs> Can someone clip that? <laughs> uh, but oh. in any case, when I when I'm going off when I'm going off of all of that, and like like Anthony said, all of the clips we've seen, it it looks kind of like okay, I'm walking through this specific level. It doesn't it, look there's open. nothing it looks that tight. looks open yeah it, it looks like i'm go doing a specific, specific mission like even death loop as open as death loop is it's which is tight. another arcane game is yeah. it has very tight specific levels yeah. so so nothing about their previous library would be telling me okay this is definitely full-on open uh, so maybe that's part of it too. Is we're we're when we think Far Cry, we think huge open, but maybe this is open. more dishon. Maybe this is more dishonored open, uh, in in the way that this one is, because Dishonored is technically an open world game, and ha but has a lot more corridors and such. So you know maybe maybe that's more what they're getting at when they say open. But I mean, you say Far Cry. I'm thinking a much bigger world than than what Dishonored is. So well, I guess we'll find out more soon, right? 
I, I, I would also say that with Redfall, comparing this to Far Cry, that also doesn't give me like the the warmest vibes because Bethesda is known for doing what Bethesda does. Ubisoft is known for copying what other people do outside of their formula. And to copy the idea of, I wouldn't say copy, inspiration, comparison, comparison. That's the best word. To compare this to Far Cry, and if you read this interview on Games Radar Plus, this, the stuff that they list out, it's very Ubisoft-y. And I don't know if the Bethesda audience wants anything similar to a Ubisoft type of experience. <laughs> With their Bethesda game. Like, if they want a Ubisoft experience, they go play Far Cry. But to go back and be like, hey, this game is going to... It's more akin to Far Cry, where you accept missions and you do them. And ah, that... that It sounds very generic. And yeah. if, if, if that... If the only unique aspect of it is a few skills here. The fact that the, you know, the hunters are, you know, whatever Bethesda came up with and you're fighting against vampires. That is not a strong sell. It's, it's, it's exciting because it's a big triple A game for Bethesda. It's co-op. It's maybe it's got a little borderlandsy feel to it. Maybe there's some replayability there, but it, it, it's more generic than we think. Well, I trust arcane to come up with something fun but whether or not it appeals to the masses, that's always the question because arcane games are not ones that usually are have ridiculous engagement. I think Game Pass is going to help them get over the hump, but it's probably there's every chance it ends up just like Deathloop did where, yes, it's very critically praised, but it's it, it just doesn't reach a lot of people because it's just not as interesting to a lot of people. Yeah, because it's I mean, hey, we're Far Cry with vampires. Yeah. Not a strong sell, in my opinion. Yep, vampires honestly are a tough sell, though. Like I, I don't know what it is about it. in the game. In the game world, it feels is like it's sexier? a lot tougher a sell. Are, yeah, I, I guess so. insecure. They're 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 in, intimidated by the sexy undead. Yeah, zombies. <laughs> you know, you feel like you have power over them if you if you just shoot them in the head. Yeah, not not vampires. Not vampires. I'm going to refrain from commenting any further <laughs> on. Uh... Well, let's make makes people feel uncomfortable. There we go. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and jump into uh, Redfall and more of Redfall because Xbox is throwing a show, guys. Finally, getting some information on some good old yeah. stuff. And I'm guessing it's more or less a Nintendo Direct state of play kind of style idea. This isn't like a huge blowout, which honestly, this is something that Xbox has needed to do because you need, honestly, Nintendo has proven that you really, it's best to just have these, you can have the big showcase, but you need some smaller shows around it to keep people focused on you, keep people focused on your brand. And we're going to be getting some info as the news piece says, it actually says the latest info for Xbox games launching in the next few months. So we ought to be getting some stuff pretty quickly from the sounds of things. Now, the fun thing with this, they are focusing on four specific games. I'm completely fine with focus. 
they need to be focusing on this. I'm guessing it's probably going to be a little bit of Game Pass in there saying, hey, you know, this is what's coming to Game Pass. It's not going to be a little bit. Because they've got to have some. Yeah, which, which of course, all four of these games are coming to Game Pass. But we're getting an Elder Scrolls Online update. Uh, That is actually, they're going to show off the chap the next big chapter of it which interestingly enough if you actually look at their release schedule they're actually showing stuff at 12 p.m pacific and then they said they're going to have a major another major reveal for elder scrolls online at 12 45 it's elder scrolls online move on so well, i'm just saying in the sense of that means that our i can guess the xbox show is probably about 30 minutes total is my oh, guess. Okay. This yeah. is probably a shorter, shorter show, more, more focused. Uh, we've got that. We've got the Forza Motorsport, which I know Anthony's very okay. excited to to get a good look at. Uh, we're gonna get to see gameplay and details for that. We're gonna get Minecraft Legends okay. detail, the mm-hmm. the action strategy game. Uh, they're actually gonna be showing the PvP multiplayer that they're gonna have in there, and then of course Redfall. We're going to see single and multiplayer gameplay. And my guess is we're probably going to see a bunch of the open world stuff like that. And uh, of course, the biggest thing is I don't think we there's a way we don't get out of this show with all four of those not dated. Uh, mm. they're, every, all four of them, I expect we're going to get a release date for everything. Uh, which brings me to the game that is not there. And that is Starfield. Starfield is not making an appearance at this show. I am disappointed about that, but they've very specifically called out Starfield is not here. We know Starfield is not here, and we are focused on giving it its own spotlight. And my guess is that is because they're still nailing down their release date for it, and they don't want to show it until they've got a firm this is when that game is coming out. And I'm completely fine with that. Why? Because they told us the issue would have been if we go into that show and there's no Starfield and they didn't say a word, Xbox fans would have every right to be mad, like completely mad at that because that's the biggest game (laughs) that's coming from Xbox as of this moment that we know is coming soon. And they need to make sure that they're behind that. So I I do appreciate the fact that Xbox took the time to tell us we're not going to be able to show Starfield here, but wait, it is coming soon. It did seem like that it was a bit reactionary in that. Yeah. uh, It's like, oh, wait, no, guys, we know Starfield's not there, but. (laughs) You could tell they were like uh, damage control, damage control. (laughs) Yeah, it felt like that. So I'm not sure they were going to say anything originally, which. Let's be honest. I like Aaron Greenberg. He has been a little sloppy with the marketing. So this is a smart decision here in putting out a a, a mini show. But uh, yeah, these things need to be taken care of much quicker. All right. Um, so no, what do you have to say about it? I. You guys pretty much hit all the points that I have. Um, it's great. I do think we get dates for all of those. I think they chose those oh, four yeah. specifically to call out because they're going to date them. Um, my biggest takeaway is that something that I hope other studios 
do start doing and continue some specific dev studios do this when they're making like announcements news pieces stuff like that but they're setting expectations for their shows that is something that um i i hope is a growing trend because you know like you said if starfield was never told that it wasn't appearing and then they did this like dev diary dev showcase and it didn't show people would be pretty upset um, oh, yeah. because the expectation was there. Uh, but the fact that they're going to be able to get Starfield its own show, I, I think is good. That way they can hopefully date it as well. I think we need to start getting dates for a lot of these. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I think it's good for Xbox uh, gamers. Game Pass is going to be front and center like we expect it to be so it's it's good they got it out early too i remember david said one of the things he wants from microsoft this year is an early showcase um so yeah they the fact that they're getting out in front of all of it it, it's a good sign i believe it was january 24th or 25th was the date for Uh, the show i don't have it david has that but i can find it real quick uh 25th it is the 25th yeah, yeah, that's that's bits. pretty good. That's two weeks, uh, give or take. Yeah, yeah, a little bit over. Yeah, little, yeah, a little under two weeks. Um, but yeah, I I I am glad they're doing it. I would want to see the dates that they have for each of these games to be. I would at least want two within this quarter. So March. I don't know Microsoft's, but I'm just talking about like the overall January, March, mm-hmm. uh, February, March. Two of them at least released by March, maybe even February. That'd be cool. And at least the other two released by summer. So the start of uh, summer. So um, meaning second quarter, basically. So. If we could get that, that would be really exciting because now Microsoft has momentum throughout the year up until the the summertime. I would imagine Redfall would be the game that comes out a little bit later. But if it releases closer, hey, that's even better. I just, I want the dates to be close. I don't want it to see any winter. I don't want to see any quarter three. I want to see... Quarter one, quarter two release dates. Yep, I agree. I don't think that uh, I don't think we're gonna w- have anything to worry about there. I think Forza and Minecraft are probably your two that are early. Which, admittedly, I think that those are probably I could see Minecraft being February and Forza being March. But I could also I could also see Forza slipping into April. And I know the rumors right now are that Redfall are it, Redfall is in May, and of course with the other rumor that they're going to literally put Starfield on January or on June thirtieth, so it'll be right in their window that they said that was going to be in <laughs> in the next twelve months. We're putting it on the very last day of the twelfth month. <laughs> it's in the twelve months, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we'll right. see. What else we got? See, on our last big, huge nugget here is Ubisoft. Ubisoft. I just said it wrong again already. 
<laughs> Ubisoft. Yeah, you can't pit Splinter Cell anything until you get the name right. <laughs> Unless he changes the name once he takes over. Exactly. <laughs> Ubisoft reveals a ton of internal issues on a conference call. Uh, they were talking about new finance, new strategies because they're in a lot of financial trouble. Uh, if I'm remembering right, they are actually cutting about 200 million, if I'm not mistaken, to, to cut costs. It was as well pound i know it was a it was a lot saw. whatever it yeah. was was ridiculous <laughs> but like they're reducing a lot of their earnings they are <clears throat> restructuring they are they've already actually canceled three unannounced projects so that's it's never good for you to have multiple projects that haven't even been seen be canceled especially considering they canceled four unannounced projects last year so and then you delay skull and bones for the sixth time the sixth time almost like no one looked at this and thought this should be a game on its own like i i, I it took a while for sea of thieves to get where it got today <laughs> like people sea of thieves did not launch well People forget that. Uh, at this point, Skull and Bones, we just got to wait for it to actually launch. <laughs> so it is uh, the biggest issues right now is you got to look and think, are they in some big trouble? Like, this is not good. Uh, their stock is not good. Uh, we've got to figure out what the main issue is behind the cratering of their business and how can they fix it? Because just cutting costs doesn't fix anything we Noah and i worked yeah. at gamestop for quite some time we gotta make cutting money. costs does not fix everything no. <laughs> so you know there there's a lot of things to think about beyond just oh man mario plus rabbits didn't do well and of course the i forget what his name is eves is that right or Ives? i can't it's another yeah. name i can't say yeah he i mean when when he gets up on stage it pretty much tells his staff is all in your court y'all got to do better all's in your court and, and from what i understand the situation at least in the studios from what tom henderson reported the media is definitely over exaggerating some of it from what from employees he has spoken to this isn't just him guessing this is him talking to people at ubisoft, at ubisoft. so you know that they may not be as worried as we are, but it's still not a good situation. I mean, Eves doesn't put off like, hey, we're okay, but we need to cut some costs. We need to do some things. You know, developers, you got to make sure you're doing what you need to do. We're fine, guys. No, it doesn't come off like that at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm concerned about Ubisoft because they're shifting back to a publishing style that got them in trouble in the first place and that is acting like activision where they really focus on these specific franchises they don't do anything else and expect those franchises to carry them when we had seven assassin creeds year after year what happened we got burned out way faster than anybody had gotten burned out with call of duty there's only so much you could do with a game like Assassin's Creed. It's not going to be something like 
like Call of Duty. Ubisoft is a publisher and developer that likes to experiment. They are one of the big ones that do kind of put some different things out there. Who else would come up with something like Mario plus rabbits? Ubisoft. Who else would be willing to put out something like Beyond Good and Evil? Ubisoft. Uh, in all fairness, they haven't put out the second one. It's I know, been they in haven't put out pre-production for like 10 years. I did that. But and the first one was a financial failure. Oh, well, yeah, it, it eventually actually became okay once they started reselling it and selling it over time. Yeah, when I bought it at Dollar General for $10. Hey, you know, but you bought it for $10. So hey. <laughs> a little bit more money there. But, um, you know, and, and they do iterations. They, they, they're they crowd followers as well. If they're not coming up with something uh, unique, we see Rainbow Six Siege. Let's just see us go with Rainbow Six on it, which it, it plays so much differently. But it, it turned out to be good. But then you got something like Hyperscape that was absolutely trash because they were trying to figure out, oh, what kind of BR can we make? So they are they are copycats. As well as they create, I mean, they did create Assassin's Creed in the first place. It became what it is now. So that that is Ubisoft, not the company that has one, two, three, maybe four franchises that they stick with and hope that those become these huge lasting yearly sellers in the same way Activision does. They don't have that kind of cachet, not with their audience and not with the type of franchises that they have. It's it just doesn't work out for them. So they need to figure out, okay, what do we do best and stick to that? Stop trying to be like everybody else. And I get it. Part of it is investor issue. You know, the investors want their money. They see what Activision does. They see what EA does. They look at the billions in mobiles that they're making. They see the billions that Call of Duty brings in. They see what Epic does with Fortnite. They're like, Ubisoft, yo, where's our where's our money? And Ubisoft is like, hey, we're working on it. But they can't. That's not their, that's not their identity. That's not who they are. So the fact that they're going back to this, it's going to burn out again. They, they're only going to take Assassin's Creed so far. They can only take do so many with Tom Clancy. It's going to burn out again, and then they're going to have to go back to who they are. Let's put out something a little different. Let's, hey, what's this thing? Just dance? Yeah, make that. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, I I agree. They need to experiment or just do something else because what is going on right now is not working, uh, both financially and leadership. I I think this is the part where I would normally segue into why David should run, you know, your video game company. Uh, <laughs> the, the change in leadership. I, I've always been an advocate that responsibility is top down. It is never, you know, bottom up that there are things that need to be changed and leadership management needs to realize that it starts with them. Uh, the fact, I mean, case in point, skull and bones, a game has been in development for what? 10 years now 2013 was when it started um that game has to be contractually obligated or something to the release. singapore government they took tax money to uh yeah that that's why it's it's literally obligated to release yeah um so my my question for ubisoft you know 
have you guys not heard of early access or can it not release in early access? Because that, that seems like as many problems as they have had, I think a just game pass it, you know, put it out for 30 bucks, put an early access sticker on it and at least get it out. Because at this point, I, I may be alone in, you know, this statement, but I the excitement has come and gone. I, that game, when I hear it's delayed, it's like, oh, I forgot that was even a thing. I just, I don't care at this point. Um, it could come out and be the greatest thing ever. Um, but my expectations for it are so low at this, you know, stage that I, I'm just afraid that nobody cares anymore. And that's going to hurt them financially in sales. I agree with, with that, at least. Uh, Skull and Bones was never going to be this phenomenal project. I, I Could it have been a passion project? Sure. But part of it is what got Ubisoft, Ubisoft into the issue they're in now. And I, I actually have a bit of a counter because... Assassin's Creed Valhalla is the last Assassin's Creed game that came out. And it is the second most profitable title in Ubisoft history. So if anything, they probably need to double down a little bit on that. And I'm not saying double down on Assassin's Creed. Saying that they actually need to double down on their expertise where they've been really good. And that's with coming up with unique stories. They've been able to come up with these really cool narratives and they've got to lean into that because they have gone way too hard on this whole free to play crap. And, and that's been evident for a long time. They, they keep they, they kept pushing these different projects, these different live service things because they were like, oh, this has to be the thing. This has to be the thing and investing a bunch of money into stuff that people just did not care about. Hyperscape, it's they've already closed that down. I think X Defiant could probably be pretty fun, but like, like it, it isn't going to put a dent into the call of duties of the industry. It's just not, uh, it, it won't even put a dent into their rainbow six portion of the industry, which is declining a bit where what they have to do is lean into things that they are working on right now, like Assassin's Creed Mirage which I, I think is going to be a fantastic game because it goes back to that old school Ubi, Ubisoft ideas with what they did with the original Assassin's Creed. It's a much smaller experience. It's a much more contained experience. That's it's honestly what a lot of people are, are wanting right now. Not everybody wants to jump into a open world 160, 200 hour game. This seems like a really good idea and it's not as expensive as all the other uh, all the other games are, it's not seventy dollars. It's actually a lower priced Assassin's Creed game, and then lean heavy into the two upcoming license game you have because they are some of the biggest IPs on the planet. Massive is putting out Avatar, which is a open world single player game. I believe I don't remember. There might be some multiplayer in that. Massive is also putting out a Star Wars project which has been talked about as being this huge galaxy where you get to create your own character. We'll have a, 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 a narrative to be following throughout it. These are the kind of things in, that 
people want. You got to lean into these things that are selling. As much as I think Mario Plus Rabbids is a phenomenal game, and the first one did sell very well, it shows in sales. The sales were disappointing in November and December for Mario Plus Rabbids. Why? Because people weren't just buying it because it was Mario at that point. They knew what kind of gameplay to expect from it, from the first one. They knew it's a real-time strategy game. And, you know, as much as I love real-time strategy, and I know there are people out there that love real-time strategy, Lil Timmy doesn't want to play real-time strategy most of the time. Lil Timmy wants to play a, a regular-style Mario game. So Ubisoft needs to lean into these games that draw the crowds, that, that, that they've been able to draw the crowds with, and especially with some really great licensed narrative-based games in start with from Star Wars and Avatar two humongous properties, I think they've got a good chance to rebound. But man, they've got a they got no margin of error. I mean, they they just straight up don't. They've they've got to get rid of all the loose weight with all of these free to free to play is what got them into this hole because they kept pushing all of these free-to-play experiences thinking they were going to make all this money and it didn't work because they didn't know how to make a good free-to-play experience you've got to do it right and unless you've got the people there that know how to do it right it's not going to be done right that that's why sony spent over three billion dollars on bungie so that maybe they can make some good life service games having some oversight by somebody who knows what they're doing and Ubisoft flopped in a lot of these free-to-play things and they're experiencing the blowback of that right now because suddenly they don't have games coming from other sides because the the people are involved in these free-to-play projects so they're having to the, the only big games from Ubisoft that came out last this last Christmas was Just Dance and Mario Plus Rabbids. Mario Plus Rabbids was not going to be this humongous seller. And if, once again, it's something that you look at as a, it's probably declining from the first one because you've got less casual audience picking it up because they know it's RTS. <laughs> and Just Dance uh, is another thing that they've really leaned into live service with, but they're also selling it in codes and boxes. So. I, it just that should have been bigger. Yeah. I don't. I mean, oh yeah. Just, just they they. Sometimes the it just they, doesn't work. <laughs> no, it's not that it didn't work. It's that it's less than what the previous one was, and that yeah. that's that word's going to get around, and people are going to realize. Oh, well, I'm just going to yeah. stick with Just Dance 2022 until Just Dance 2023 is built up the way it was supposed to be. So. Uh, I, I get what they're doing with Just Dance 2023. Basically, it's supposed to be the last Just Dance, and it's going to be a live service, and everything runs through that game now. Totally fine with that idea, but you broke down everything else in the process, and that, that doesn't sound good. That doesn't feel good. So it's fine in and of itself. Just Dance should be huge, but Ubisoft messed that up as well. They should have pushed it back instead of releasing it until there was way more content for that game they messed up there but david we agree we agree on the idea that look they they are putting out avatar at some point they're putting out star wars at some point this is what i'm talking about like they they branch out yep i don't have a problem with them yep. focusing on assassin's creed they should 
They absolutely yeah. should focus on Assassin's Creed. What it sounds like when they talk is that's all they like beyond Avatar and Star Wars and maybe I don't know now that they've canceled seven projects. They were moving what it felt like was moving into Activision territory where it's all Activision has is what it has. Yep. And if those fail, Activision is doomed in that yep. way. And so Activision has to make sure every single yep. Call of Duty hits. And, and they're doing a very good job of making sure everyone hits, but they have to make sure it hits. Now, you know, with the Blizzard properties, they have to make sure those hit because they ain't got nothing else. <laughs> Diablo 4 has to hit. Yep. Uh, you know, if they were to make another StarCraft, which they're not because StarCraft 2 didn't hit that well. You know, I'm so but sad. you wonder. Yeah, <laughs> that makes me so understand. sad. It does. <laughs> yeah. And, so, just, yeah. and I get it. And part of it is they went to the wrong area to branch out. Free to play should have, they should never have gone to this high end free to play market. And that being all that they're doing. Cause that's what, Beyond, apparently, that's what Beyond Good and Evil 2 is supposed to be as another live service game. Yeah. Uh, Which is a huge a mistake. mistake. That would be a mistake. So my point with them going, the idea, it seems like they're going back to this world where at one point Assassin's Creed needed to hit. And if it didn't hit, Ubisoft was in trouble. You know, if Tom Clancy's whatever was yeah. the next thing, it needed to hit. And it, if it didn't hit, then it would be a problem. And so then you had stuff like Just Dance. It was like, oh, okay, like this is a really cool idea. This is going to have longevity to it. It's going to sell. So if uh, you know a, a a Rainbow Six Extraction comes out, it's like okay, yeah, that that didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to. That's fine. We still got some profit from X amount of IPs and all this. I don't know how they do their books, but you understand. But profit is profit wherever it comes from. So that money gets circulated around in some form or fashion. So the fact that the idea of I like what you said. Stick to stories. It is what Ubisoft does very well. Like a lot of the Rainbow Sixes, the 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 divisions, even in in some form or fashions. Uh, really, any of the Tom Clancy properties, when they do it right and they got the good stories and stuff like that, they hit. Assassin's Creed, it hits. So, if they could get back to that and making those games, which it looks like they're going to do with Avatar, with Star Wars, that's your bag, Ubisoft. So go ahead, stick with your Assassin's Creed, stick with your Tom Clancy properties, but do it where you're strong, not trying to create these crazy, but sorry, the division heartland. It's not, it's not it. That's, that's not it. People will play it. It will make money. It will not make the money Ubisoft wants it to make. It's not what people want from the division. It'll be more, but at some point, People are going to be like, yo, we want more The Division. Okay, that is where you need to focus. Yep. They've already committed to Heartland, so we know they're going to put it out at some point. But it's stuff like that. It's like, nah, Ubisoft, that's not you. Stick to you. Stay in your lane. <laughs> you do you. All right. Is that all the news we got? That is all the news we have. Yay. Yes. Yes. News. Okay. Then, with that said, let's talk about three indie games. Each of us, we each have three indie games 
that we're going to look forward to in 2023. So, David, why don't you start us off? I'm going to start us off with a little game called The Invincible. It's not one that a whole lot of people know about, but I'm very excited for it. I believe you may have some some video if it works. Ooh, looky yeah, there. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's actually a game called Little Devil Inside. I can go ahead and jump over to that if need be. Oh, no. I, I marked it as the Invincible. Oh, no. <laughs> the no, Invincible Little part. Devil Inside. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. We're doing a crossover event already. Well, you keep talking about it, <laughs> and I will put it up. <laughs> the The Invincible is this cool-looking game where you're going to this planet called Regis 3, and I don't know if either of y'all have played games like... I'm trying to think of the name of the game. Mario? No, yes, exactly. Mario. <laughs> um it's always one of those ones. I don't believe it's what there's what remains of Edith Finch is kind of one of those style games where it's just this. It's a lot more of a quiet, serene kind of game. This one has a lot of that to it where it's you're more figuring out what's going around you. But the gameplay that they've shown, you have been talking to someone and trying to do some kind of minor puzzle things. But it's this this minimalist design that i really really like in this retro trailer too kind of yeah (laughs) no it it jumps into it jumps into the actual full thing right here like wow (laughs) but it's it's this narrative adventure game and i i really like i'm sure you see the retro design here where it's got like the actual mic in front of the face and the dials the way they are uh when she goes up she'll end up going up to like a ship here in a moment and she'll actually get a reading from one of the ships and it'll be some actual like pictures. It's not actually video or anything. So it just, I love the retroness of it, the aesthetic to it, (laughs) but there's, there's some sort of hidden mystery to all of this as to a crew that's missing. And I'm just very intrigued by everything that's going on and i i just love the design the the way it looks the whole exploring almost i know it's not mars but it makes me think of mars so but it it, it makes me think of just those the set like back in like the the 50s 60s the little toy toy guns that people said were like the martian weapon the the laser guns and stuff like that it's that kind of an aesthetic and i just love it and I'm assuming just there's going to be like some little cool puzzles that you're going to be solving as you go around and whatnot. So, and I'm sure you see what I'm talking about when I say like it's it's kind of similar to the walking simulators, but it's not exactly a walking simulator. It's an advanced walking simulator. Yes. So it definitely more of a narrative kind of adventure with some puzzle elements to it. So I'm I'm just I'm looking forward to it. It looks really, really cool to me. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's really that's one nice. thing is it's it's a really pretty looking game. Like yeah, right I, here I, is where they show the going to recover the 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 reading to find out what happened to the crew. Yeah, it it looks it I'm I'm fine with narrative uh adventure games and this looks 
this looks good. Um, I'll have to especially listen to it with like, the sound on. Especially <laughs> like you uncover the mystery like a little bit as you go. Ah, yeah, I see what you're talking about with the picture. Okay, yeah, that's these. and that's what I'm getting at. Okay. That's like super yeah. cool to me. It's like the it's you're not yeah. getting a recording of what happened. It's it's leaning into that retroness uh, of uh, everything. Like you're trying I to find what the those shot. Are called. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the negatives almost I guess would just about be kind of similar to what it is, but like it's really cool how they've done everything. Nice. Okay. This was called the Invincible. Okay. Very good. All right. Noah, what you got for us? Uh, I guess I'll just go through my list alphabetically. Um, the first one I have is Another Crab's Treasure. <laughs> that one, the name alone drew me in. Right. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to get the trailer, if it's the right one. I hope I did the right ones. Uh, let's see. Switch. No, I, I have yeah, to make sure yeah. I'd okay. put it in the right I think place. it's so funny that one, it's rated T for teen. <laughs> yeah. It, I, that would surprise me. So this one, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. You're playing as a hermit crab uh, who has lost There's nothing self-explanatory about that. <laughs> yeah. Not it. So this one, they're, the devs are calling it um, a Souls-like, but their take on it is Shells-like. Um so it's based essentially a souls game, but you're playing as a little crab with what looks like a fork eating utensil. Um, it's got some <laughs> grappling elements uh, and you fight just different types of crabs. The thing that drew me in, I want to see um, how in depth they go with like exploring the seafloor, like the different types of environments that they can do with this. I'm sure the story is going to be, pretty good uh i'm hoping they at least put it into the game and not give you like little lore pieces that you pick up along the way <laughs> like the souls games do uh but yeah this one just you're you're a hermit crab you know fighting looking for your own shell and it's a souls game i, I could not get excited for this one it this looks is like definitely one of the most random things like it definitely one of the most random ideas someone has come up with exactly yeah so it, it looks super fun too the gameplay looks fun um so yeah I, i'm i'm here for it this is an example of why we love indie games because oh, nobody yes. you don't get this stuff in triple a yeah nobody would have greenland not the, even double a this is <laughs> Uh, who would have thought to make a Souls game, but you basically, you know, put it under the sea? <laughs> under the sea. That's that's certainly unique. I like I like the way this uh, the way it looks. Uh, the fact that it is rated T is, is quite yeah. interesting. I, there's I, gonna I, be some I, some heavy. There's gonna be pollution. some some. There's gonna be some jokes, and yeah. that is like it has yeah. to be a Souls like that's funny. I don't think we've seen that too. Like, Maybe this is funny. Like we get like, you know, lots of in in game dialogue with other characters because it looks like you're gonna be exploring, you know, different regions or areas of the seafloor. And there's so some fun we'll uh, some... platforming in there too, looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hope we get that... interesting character interactions. I hope so they find this... Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I hope they find a way to have some unique abilities with some of the shells where it's more than just, Oh, this one's tougher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I imagine we just saw one that glowed. So I, 
maybe it illuminates dark areas. Maybe you can yeah, equip and unequip cells. Yeah, they said like the litter that's on like the seafloor and stuff you'll is definitely integrated into the gameplay. So there's lots of fun stuff you can do with that. Another craft yeah. treasure. All right. <laughs> I like it. Put that on my list. All right. Uh, one of mine is a, a season, a letter to the future. This one is coming out on PlayStation and PC. This one uh, is also a narrative adventure. And basically you are a person where the world is suffering through a catac will suffer through a cataclysmic event. I think it is something along the lines of dealing with climate change. And so you feel, I don't know if it's obligated. I don't know if it's uh, your tasks with it, but basically you have to record and take pictures of <laughs> the world before it goes away, or at least a, at least before the next generation can rise up and you know live however they live you're basically trying to record everything so that way whoever lives after you can remember this was what the world like was before so that was a weird sentence but that it, 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 it's i played a little bit of the demo I played it once and then it went away. So I don't know if it was like a self-destructing <laughs> demo. It's probably, it probably a timed demo or something. It, yeah, I don't know. But it was, it was on Steam and then I tried to play it the next day because I wanted to finish more of it. And it was like, uh, here's the store. It's like, okay. But <laughs> Every time I see these pictures, though, it, it, or these trailers, it reminds me how pretty this game is. Like, it's it, it's just really looks good. It's a very pretty game, which matters if you're going to make a game where you have to take pictures. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing, though, is when I was playing the demo, the, the multitasking element was fascinating because it, it doesn't seem like a game that has a challenge. Because as you're walking around, you are looking for things to take pictures of, you are listening to record certain things. And as you get closer to some things, a prompt will come up and basically and it won't tell you to take a picture but it'll basically like hey this take a picture of this if you want sometimes it'll lead to an objective completion sometimes it's just this is a landmark that you've uh discovered take a picture of it or record some audio of it but while you're doing either of those things you could be looking for a picture to take but then you miss listening to something else because you're so focused on taking a picture or vice versa so like you're listening for audio but you're missing things you could be taking a picture of and so it, it kind of presented maybe an unintended challenge i don't know if the developers meant to do it but i felt challenged by it because i found myself recording something and i realized when i turned around i was like oh there's something to take a picture of i just walked hmm. by because i was so focused on recording this piece of audio that i heard so I really find that fascinating. I hope that's the case because that would be a really interesting way to challenge people inside a walking, you know, walking simulator narrative adventure type of game. So uh, the narrative in and of itself uh, didn't really get much of it. I hope it is. It is good. I imagine it will be. There's also one more thing. You can ride a bike. And you can literally have total control of the pedaling. I don't know hmm. why. I don't know what the purpose of that is. Maybe I could have figured that out if the demo was still there. <laughs> but you could 
manually control all the bike pedaling or obviously have it done in a much simpler way. So I don't know what that mechanic is there for and what that's supposed to do. But I just throw that out there. Maybe this game is supposed to be somewhat uh, challenging in certain ways rather than just you just walk around and take pictures and record audio. So season, a letter to the future. I am uh, looking forward to playing it when I get the chance. All right, David, what do you got next for your second? The next one is the one that we were trying to do the first one with video, uh, Little Devil Inside. All right. Talking, I'll put it up. <laughs> got a lot of videos here. Yeah, so the fun thing with this one is that's we've it, not it. heard of this. Yes, it is. We've not heard of this one for a little while. They, the developer has been kind of quiet on it. We we're assuming that it's coming in 2023. The the last time they showed it was in 2021 at the state of play. This is actually the, mm. the trailer that we're seeing is from the state of play and they've kind of just went silent, but it's just one of those games that looks really unique. The, the character models, the, all the way they've done the art. Uh, it's a it's actually a third person action RPG survival like there's a lot of elements that they have put into this game in this Victorian state yeah exactly <laughs> um it, it and like sometimes that from a developer it's we're throwing a bunch of crap against the wall to see what sticks but with this like all the way that they've shown all of these little gameplay bits and stuff this seems more like you know something like a, a like a cake or something that just has a lot of really good ingredients and they mix really well and you get something good out of it so they're definitely going pretty ambitious with it with a lot of those elements and they're bringing a multiplayer feature to it so i'm very interested to see how they handle that is that co-op type of multiplayer i, I, I believe it's supposed to be co-op if okay. i'm if i'm correct so but this what some of what we're seeing with the trailer is like they they kind of do it as an overworld map style where you're like walking through stuff and you're in, doing having these encounters and stuff but the some of the different you're, you're fighting monsters pretty much is is how you're going through you're this explorer who's going and taking care of things and the the first trailer we saw in one of the state of plays just was one of the funniest weirdest things i didn't i didn't bring that trailer in, but i highly suggest anybody interested in this game go watch the first trailer it is the the editing of that trailer is just so great and really enjoyed that what they did with it but it, it seems like there's just going to be some fun interesting stories with chasing down these hunting these monsters and whatnot and everything just looks really neat like every time i see it again it's like I think it's one style of game and then suddenly it does something different. So just, just one of those interesting things. I look at that overworld map and I'm reminded of cuphead because it has a unique okay. animation style. You don't really see in video games and you know, it's, it's not yarn, but it, it has that kind of texture to it. And then it has that yeah. kind of like still almost a claymation. Yeah. A bit. yeah. Uh, action figure -y kind of almost 
definitely low frame rate on purpose type of animation uh, the way they bounce across the the map i it's love clean, that though it it's is really clean yeah, yeah, this is I, not what I'm, I would expect from this yeah, game. Yeah, exactly, I, and that's that's why it compels me to want to play it because it looks so different than everything else. <laughs> fascinating. Like, I'm yeah. curious to know where the the obviously little devil inside. I'm curious to know what that <laughs> the whole name. To. Yeah, <laughs> we just came that's up with this. This was just this was just whatever we came up with. Dark, you know, name, but this one doesn't it is the tone doesn't really so. Yeah, every time I see it, I'm like, man, I wish this was out already (laughs) because I just want to I just want to see what it is uh, as a a whole. Yeah, (laughs) come with me, donkey. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, all right. You can have that one. Little devil inside. I like it. Noah, what you got? Uh, Next up. uh, So mine is a i i could not put a an rpg on on my list because i i do love me love me some rpg so mine is sea of stars that's the Mm. one i'm going with next um it's got really great sprites it's got that retro visual yeah uh yeah the and it's uh it's definitely great i've also heard it's a prequel to the messenger which really intrigues me um but yeah, so it's a turn-based RPG where the story is about two children who have the power of it's such, such like anime-inspired like story, but like the power of the sun and moon, and they have to use those powers to stop a evil alchemist. Which you know, because of plot points and plot lines, only their powers can you know stop this evil monster army. Uh, but it's it's the games that I like to do in between like the big triple a open world games that feel like, you know, not the same, but we get a lot of them every year. And so these, it's just nice relaxing game that you can go in, chill out, play for a couple of hours and kind of refreshes you with the genre of gaming. So the, the animation, the storyline, it all just draw me in immediately. Um, and then there was one clip you saw where it was really cool where she didn't attack and then kind of like deflected it off of each enemy. Yeah, that was interesting. It was really nice. So I'm hoping yeah, as long as they can change up some of the gameplay, uh, like maybe do an evolution to the turn-based style, it it was on my list immediately. <laughs> I, I can't wait for that one. I really like the 16-bit like yeah, look it's, to it. It's, it looks really nice. All the sprites are clean. It looks authentic. Yeah. The colors really pop in this one too. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many of these kind of games that everything looks the same (laughs) and they've managed to really make sure all the color palette is really, really varied. But even the way the the levels are designed, the environments like different regions almost. Yeah, it is. And And there's, there's so much going on and yet it doesn't feel busy. Yes, and it, 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 I love that. Yeah, it yeah, just this... it, it's right up my alley. <laughs> so, so yeah, <laughs> the, the RPGs, the the retro inspirations. Yeah, like you can see the attack bouncing off different. Like, yeah, that's 
I, I wonder if that's like a timing that's... thing. Like you use yeah. it and then you have to like time it to keep it going. Oh, that'd I mean, be, that'd be that'd be interesting. Um, maybe it's like hopefully it's like a momentum thing too, where if you time it specifically, it'll do more damage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that one immediately was on my list. So, but it this looks one's going like on my list too. Game. Real chill, <laughs> relaxing game. Yeah. Hey, you speaking to me? All right. One of mine is a game that is coming to PC and consoles for the first time. I normally wouldn't talk about a game that's already been out, but it's only been out for mobile. Now it's coming to PC and consoles, and that is a, a tone, Heart of the Elder Tree. So this one is interesting. I've, I've, they have a demo for this one. You can play it on Steam. And it's interesting because the selling point, at least one of them, is the combat is turn-based but it's actually rhythm it's rhythm based so Hmm. what's going on is uh you'll get into a fight and you'll have to input all these things over some rhythms and the music is nice by the way it's actually very fun to listen to as you are inputting these inputs and then as you are fighting the combat is going on in the background and so Hmm the more accurate you are with your inputs, the more damage you do to the enemy. The more inaccurate, the more damage they do. And so there's no, at least I didn't see health meters or anything like that, but it is interesting how it's almost choreographed combat based on how well or poorly you're doing with nailing the rhythms. And it could get pretty complicated at times. But what I love, that it's really accurate when you hit it on the beat that you want to hit it on it hits so if you mess up it's on you so i really like that but the story is interesting as well uh it is based on nordic mythology and so there's this village of people who worship these nordic gods or whatever and the gods have turned on them because they have been people who uh basically turned on the gods they didn't obey and you know do things like that so the gods left them to their own devices and now there is this subset of people who are trying to win back the favor of the gods and some subset of people who just don't give a flip and so you're 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 in this society where people are doing different things to each other and you have to navigate that as well as I believe you have to find the killer of your father or maybe you find your father. I don't remember the detail of that, but so you're, you're dealing with all these relationships and things like that. And so there's choice driven things and you have to live with those choices. But what was also interesting, there's some puzzles and they're pretty difficult at times, but some of those puzzles, puzzles, <laughs> puzzles reveal things <laughs> Uh, Either it's a secret or it could be a story beat or something. And if you fail the puzzle, that's it. Like you don't get a second Hmm. chance. Sometimes, not all the time, but there are some puzzles where you don't get a second chance. So it's really interesting in that regard where it's just like, oh no, like what did I miss? So some of those puzzles, you got to really pay attention and try to figure out. Uh, There was one puzzle I was just like, I don't know. And then it finished and I was like, oh shoot, like I can't retry this thing. Like I tried leaving the screen and coming back and it was like, (laughs) nope. You, you're done so i find that really fascinating and it, it's it, it's got a lot of accolades from being on the mobile store so uh i'd never heard of this game beforehand so 
now that it's coming to PC and console, I am now I'm paying attention. But it looks interesting. Oh yeah, it definitely it really does. I like the uh, the storyline aspect to it. it. Has a very abstract kind of art style as well. That's really cool. Yeah, that very sharp edged mm-hmm. kind of art style. Yeah. So that is uh, a tone heart of the elder tree. All right, David, what is your last one? Last one that I've got for y'all is a game called Chia. And at first I said Tuchia and then realized that it wasn't, you know, pterodactyl. So, (laughs) (laughs) but what's really amazing about this, especially when you look at some of the gameplay that they show, this is a nine person team making this game. Um, I believe it. It's sheesh if I've ever had one. It's it's a really pretty game. You can see just kind of did the, some of the different elements that they've got with it. Uh, it. It really reminds me of, and it's going to remind a lot of people of Breath of the Wild. It, it screams Breath of the Wild, especially once you see some of the different things in the game. Like especially as soon as she pops out the glider, it's it's immediately like okay, it's yeah. Breath of the Wild. I see well, that. I see the, the climbing too. I see I see the stamina yeah. bar. I see all the free climbing, all that different stuff. It's like okay, yeah, but. Like it, the island just looks so pretty and serene. It's actually based on the real island of New Caledonia. It's a small one in the Pacific, which is actually where the two founding members of Awaseb actually live. They actually lived there. So it, it's really cool that they're able to take, you know, their culture, things that they've lived around and whatnot. They've a lot of the landmarks in the game are actually from. They're obviously changed names for legal purposes, but they're they're from New Caledonia. And of course, the, the biggest thing with this is like looking at that jumping ability that she has to jump into these animals and these inanimate objects and stuff. So it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to be able to like, I'm trying to get up to this specific mountain instead of like, oh, I've got a, I've only got so much stamina to climb up. Maybe I jump into a bird and fly up to the top of the mountain to get to this hard to reach area. Or like they showed a spot in this trailer where she jumped into a, a lantern and then jumped out and then jumped out of it to like attack one of the, the bad things that's in the trailer the the enemies that's in the trailer so it might be a good way of hiding to keep yourself from not being seen by some of these enemies that you're going to encounter so i'm i'm looking forward to exploring around this island and and such because it just looks like it's going to be fun it looks endearing and of course you know all the fun character customization is going to be great and playing the ukulele because, you know, playing music and, and video games and stuff is always just this cute little thing. You don't have to worry about one thing with this Breath of the Wild-ish like thing. Uh, weapon breaking. There's none nope. of that. I don't see one weapon. <laughs> hey. so we don't have to worry about that. Fantastic. So, so uh, it's the perfect Breath of the Wild game for Anthony. It, it, I mean, it might be. But I don't know. <laughs> Zelda. I, I will say <laughs> it looks 
fantastic. Like it's this, gorgeous. This is the one on your list there. I was like, okay, this needs to go on my list to play this year. This looks <laughs> really, really good. And this is pre-alpha footage that we're watching. Yeah. That's what's bonkers. So the fact that it looks that good, it looks that charming, that playful, that much fun off of some pre-alpha footage. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I could see this being a good a good family game, a good introductory game for a kid before Zelda is not necessarily the hardest game in the world, but it certainly requires a lot of attention. And I could see this requiring less attention for a younger kid to be able to enjoy this comparatively. It's it's more chi- more chill than more yeah. chill than Zelda because, you know. I mean, you know, we obviously haven't played this, so we don't know if you're going to encounter anything like it, but encountering a guardian in flipping Zelda <laughs> is like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's when it gets real. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember encountering Stalfos for the first time in Zelda Ocarina of Time. Granted, I played the original Zelda when that came out, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, still, it was like, whoa, yo, okay. Yeah, no, I. I appreciate the like they could have just stuck with like oh i can just traverse the island you know and then jump off of uh cliffs and kind of clone the zelda breath of the Wild. but like the different ways of traversal i really appreciate <laughs> um like the one where it showed the clip of her jumping using momentum from the tree was really cool um, but yeah the traversal is what's really drawing me in right now but the personality they add to her too. She doesn't just jump from the tree. She starts backflipping. Like, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. going to be like style points for doing st- right? you know, different oh, yeah. flips. You know, like seriously. There well, it looks like it's probably like spy. It looks like it's probably like Spider Man. How when you flit when you flick off of the web, you can do some tricks and stuff. It looks like there's some button prompts there for, Give you some for giving you some something. style points. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I mean, when that's all her clothes and stuff. She like gives you this yeah. little like wink. Yeah. yeah I, I <laughs> and we've like not even character. talked about we've not even talked about the uh, the, the raft here. Like I'm assuming that's going to be a big part of being able to sail around and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, to be honest, I feel like that's probably going to be more Wind Waker like. It's probably not going to be a lot to see in the ocean, but yeah, um, it'll still be cool. It's definitely nice to have. Yeah, just hop on the water for a little bit. As long as we don't have to do a bunch of fetch quests, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> what killed Wind Waker. Yeah, there she goes. Style. <laughs> just pops out the... Yeah, that's that's dope. All right, and this is Chia? Chia. To Chia. To Chia. All right. <laughs> Who knows? Um, all right. So those are... the. Oh, did I say mine? Um, I don't think Noah or no, you actually we, did yeah, your last three. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, threes. You were yeah. first, David. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just trying to skip over us, including no, no, himself. That's well, I was skipping over uh, myself, too. Yeah, it's not like personal. That's not <laughs> yeah. um, mine, it's so personally uh, included himself. <laughs> including himself. Or it might be David taking over his computer. Um, <laughs> but my last one is, I, I guess it's just games with weird titles intriguing them, but uh, The Plucky Squire is is my final one um it's kind of same reason david uh like the devil inside me or there's different genres this one reminds me a lot of it takes two minus the (laughs) co-op where there's different genres 
uh, implementing. So you play as the plucky squire in this one. I believe his name is Jot, uh, whose whole goal is to go on adventures. And so the gameplay, as you can see, it kind of starts off with kind of like top-down, old-school Zelda uh, slashing. Uh, but here in a second, it's going to transcend. First off, I, I like, as you see, like the punch mouth. Yeah, it's in this like flip storybook. And so oh, here in a second, you're going to see cool. you actually hop out and it transitions from 2D oh, to like goodness. a 3D <laughs> adventure. That was um, nuts. And throughout the different areas, you know, that you'll be exploring, you're, there'll be areas where you hop back and forth between 2D and 3D. And there's a plethora of different genres that you'll actually do. So you've got like, like I said, the top down zone, you saw the punch out <laughs> almost boxing. You got 3D adventure, and then there was a segment where you know it's like a bullet hell style. So that one, it's it's taking all of these different genres, and it looks like it's going to put them together very nicely. Devolver's uh, paying I, for it, and they do such a good job of finding the yeah. most unique things. Yeah, when I saw <laughs> Devolver, like on that very first, I was like, okay, <laughs> this gives me hope. So yeah, um, this one just really looks fun. I think and that's what you play games for is to have fun. So this looks yeah, fantastic. It looks, yeah, it, I saw it. Anthony's like, like, crap, I have more games to buy from here than I did on our most anticipated. <laughs> it's just like contrast advanced. Like contrast yep. took you to like, you become the shadow and now you become part of the, this is like, like nah, you go from storybook to straight 3D world. It's like, oh, it's, it's wow. one thing if they would have you know, they would have got so much press and, you know, creativity, you know, accolades with just doing a game where you're in a storybook. Yeah. But they literally took it to the next level and you're, you're going to be on this little desk. Now, I don't know how much farther out we'll get to explore beyond like this little desk, but as tiny as we are, you know, it looks really good. Really good. I mean, you get to I'm run over really to that good. mug and actually jump into it. I mean, jeez. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be very specific things where you can do all of this. Obviously, you're not going to be able to jump in anything. But anything is me. Yeah. I, I imagine I it's it going to be you. very cool instances where it's like, oh, I wonder if I could jump in. And then you can. And you're doing something extremely uh, yeah. random. As long as they don't like, <laughs> you know, blatantly tell me, I want to be able to, I guess, get surprised with what I'm able to change up and interact with i don't want it to just be like go to this coffee cup and you know do this i, I want to yeah. be surprised hold up i'm just gonna rewind it look at all this room this is where i think maybe we're not stuck to the desk maybe we will yeah. go to the nightstand I, or the bed or the floor the skateboard yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> i i want i i'm hoping you know if we're not just contained to this one area um but yeah just it looks so good <laughs> and i discovered it by just oh plucky squire that's a funny name Let, let's look at that uh right in this opening one of the things i love seeing is like when it goes to the whole bridge thing like he hits the thing and throws the word bridge over there and it makes the bridge so just fun little game concepts yeah it it seems like it has a wario esque yeah gameplay to it where it, this isn't a full platform platformer or action game it's several different things that you're doing in a short time span so 
I, I don't know how well that's going to hit, but it's, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks fun. And yeah, I, that's the main, you know, when I look for indies, I, I generally like, hey, what looks the most fun to me? Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, I do well, love how each of us have, as we're going through our lists, you know, the other two are like, I got to add that to my list, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> All three of yours were, <laughs> it's for me. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I'm going to have to come back to this episode to remember. The, yeah. uh, same, same. Yeah. Goodness gracious. All right. Well, I almost feel like mine doesn't. I think it's more impressive that we we, that we actually came up with three separate indies, each of yeah, us. I, yeah, well, I, it was almost becoming a little overwhelming. I was going to text you guys in the Discord and be like, hey, are you guys having trouble? Because there's a lot. of Like, I'd go to, like, different websites and see what indie games that they have, and rarely were there any duplicates. Like, there were some, but everybody had something different that they put yep for their top indies and i'm like yeah okay that that this is a lot to look through guys are you okay because um don't get overwhelmed yeah <laughs> it's a lot all right uh mine is my last one is a game called a space for the unbound so uh all of mine are actually coming out pretty soon so but cool um this one's a narrative adventure and it, it has some heavy themes and I appreciate games that are willing to risk dealing with some deeper stuff. There's some instances of child abuse within the first 30 minutes. There's a demo wow. for this and uh, it's, it's not physical abuse. It, it's verbal, but still it, it goes to show what kind of themes they're willing to tackle in this game. So you're these, these kids basically and the setting is in india which i found really cool because that's just not something that you see all the time so uh you know you see the characters they're dressed uh in such a way uh very pixelated art you know pixel style art and uh it just it's it's narrative so there's not much i could say without spoiling things but <laughs> Um, you can play the prologue on Steam, and it hooked me. I will say that it hooked me. I was in. I wanted to know more. And it's imaginative. It is. It's real. It's harrowing. I I, I like the feelings that I got from it because sometimes it's like, man, like I I felt. I wouldn't say sick to my stomach at times, but you know, I felt anxious. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, like what what's gonna it happen pulled next? At you. Yeah. yeah. It does, and I appreciate it when people write stories in that way. This is this this is where video games can go, and yeah, there's not much gameplay to it. I would always prefer my games to have lots of gameplay, but sometimes I'm I'm okay with just reading and clicking text boxes and seeing what happens next, and doing a few little mini puzzles here and there. I'm fine with that. I'm hooked. Um, so. You just can't experience games or you know tv and movies in the same way so it's Man. interesting it, it is an indie game so i imagine this is not going to be a game where the story drags on it looks like it'll be you know it'll hit you with the things that it needs to hit you with and get out be done and sit with it um and you said you played the demo and got hooked yeah 
that I mean that I feel like a game can do its job pretty well if it gives you a demo and makes you hooked on the game like you want to know more. I think that's a success to that's the, supposed to be what the demos does. Yeah, <laughs> like that, I mean that's that's a good job though. Is I always appreciate you know a developer that is willing to put out a demo because even if it doesn't turn out good, that demonstrates some sort of confidence that you might have in your game. But yeah, the uh, the one thing I wish, and I can't tell because only in the demo, but I just wish the architectural stuff, style of it, felt more like I was in India. With all the other cultural stuff, you get the feeling like, oh yeah, this is what India, you see the bikes rolling by, you see the way people are dressed, you know, things like that. The only thing I don't feel like is India is the, the architecture because it's it's so close up. I mean, you can see like, you know, it's just city, trees, you know, various kind of specific things, but not enough to get you the feeling like, oh, this is what India looks like, obviously, in, in this uh, cartoon way. But so I hope I could get a little bit because I've never been there. You know, I, I've only gotten instances of oh, the sense of India. So everything else is like, yeah, like, OK, like this is kind of what Indian people you know, dress like, act like this is what they do. So I just, I just want to see the full picture. I like that they went with that. Yeah, it looks good. I'm always down for. I, I do like a a visual, you know, novel almost. Yeah. Experience there. All right, that is a space for the unbound. So that will do it for us. We have yeah. talked about our indie games, lots of news, good stuff. David's good looking stuff. tired, so we're going to get up on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, appreciate you watching, appreciate you listening. Subscribe, like, bell icon, all that stuff you've been doing on YouTube since God knows when. We've all been doing it for a long time. You know what to do with all of this. So, y'all have a good night, day, afternoon. We will talk to you later.